I usually just start by asking people to introduce themselves. Uh, this is Lorraine Simmons, and I miss everyone at the cathedral very much. It's been really, really hard for me. Um, so I'm grateful for this opportunity, Winston. I think you're doing a great job. You're, you're working hard and um, really helping us to connect, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we get to to catch up with you. Um, do you want to share with everyone just kind of what you what you do in the world? Well, um, at the cathedral, I enjoy um, helping out in a lot of capacities. I I think my favorite um, aspect is working alongside of people who help you know put the liturgy together. I enjoy and respect working with people to envision what. A service is going to look like and to have my input and to to be respected as a valuable um, person for input I appreciate that I love working um, as a verger as an acolyte as an altar server um, and I love just doing even the simple things of like coming in and helping you Winston to clean up a you know a sacristy or something um, I think you know to to say what I do at the cathedral there's a lot of aspects of it but the my favorite part is connecting with and working with people there I also really enjoy um, being part of the liturgy and giving communion um, and connecting with people on a really um, intimate um, level without words you know just being there and helping people through their journey of what spirituality is for them I really appreciate doing that. And um, outside of the cathedral, I work for a um, volunteer, actually, for Meaningful World. Mm -hmm. We do humanitarian outreach around the world. Um, we help people with healing from trauma. I've done a lot of mission work. And I think now we're looking towards, you know, helping each other on a day-to-day -day basis here in the U.S., not just internationally, but, you know, this is going to cause a lot of trauma for people. And um, we're actively working on videos and working on ways to reach out to people uh, through Zoom and things like that at this point. So, you know, we're constantly thinking um, about ways to do that, just like you are with doing these podcasts for uh, the cathedral. It's great. You know, so. It's about helping people understand what emotional intelligence is. You know, my history of mental health challenges has inspired me to learn more about emotional intelligence and how to navigate these difficult feelings that we have as people. I'm really grateful that I've had a lot of time to practice because right now in this time of this pandemic, people are struggling and if you don't know how to manage your, your emotions through these difficult times, people are going to suffer. So that's the thing, you know, trying to help people understand how to sit with their feelings and how to evaluate how they're feeling. Some people don't even know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Many um, therapists have told me that I, I, I'm not very good at that. I mean, where do you start? Where do you start with being able to do that? Well, I think... One of the basic things that people need to do is to, to be quiet and to be mindful. And a lot of people distract themselves all day long with something, work, taking care of family, you know, being on the internet, 
watching TV, they don't sit with themselves. And I think um, that's where I would start is to say, who am I? What do I really want? What do I think? Where do I feel these emotions in my body if I can't put a word to it? If I can't say, oh, I'm feeling sadness right now. Maybe think, well, where am I feeling this in my body? And start to kind of play with it and and say, oh, you know, I'm feeling my throat is closing. Mm. Maybe I'm not saying something to someone that I that I need to be. Why, you know, try to associate. But I think I think just sitting quietly with ourselves is very frightening for people. Hmm. We haven't done it. We're not used to doing it. I think the other thing is is that as kids were told, "Oh, stop crying," or "You're not feeling that." You're you know, go and sit and be quiet. We don't want to hear from you. You know, or we're we're dismissed too much. So I think as children, you know, we're taught that our feelings are frightening, our feelings are are bad, or our fear, you know, we're we're diminishing um, children's feelings and not allowing them to grow and have the potential to really live in their feelings. So if you can't have a feeling of sadness, then there's no way you can really have a feeling of joy mm. because they come hand in hand. So I think a lot of people are, are stifling, you know, their feelings and they're losing out on um, a vast, rich life that they could have. I was going to ask, is there, you know. is there something that helps you to sit and be quiet with yourself? Well, I started practicing meditation 35 years ago, 40 maybe. Mm. Um, so it's not something that I just started doing. But I have to be reminded very often to sit and be quiet with myself. But I think the thing that, that stops me, if, if anything does, is like when I start getting that, what I call the negative loop going in my head, that I'm not good enough, or this is not worth it, or I'm not worth it, or uh, I have other things that I should be doing. Mm. So it's all that negative stuff. Being mindful of what's going on in your head. What's the dialogue in your head at the moment? I guess that's to answer both of those questions, mm-hmm. right? What do you, where do you start? I did say being mindful, but being mindful about what that dialogue is in that internal dialogue is. Quieting that internal dialogue helps me to sit and be with myself. Mm-hmm. Because if you're talking to yourself too much, you're going to prohibit anything else from coming in. You know, I guess, I guess when I'm meditating, I'm opening myself to that quiet and what might come from me from a higher source, mm. spirit, God, angels, mm-hmm. you know, um, however it comes to you, comes to people in different ways. Yeah, being, being quiet and, and allowing myself to do that helps me get to my feelings. So has this time, you know, now that everything is shut down and I guess there's so much less going on in the world. Well, I don't even know if that's true, really. I was going to say now that there's so much less going on in the world, but I don't even know if that's, that's an accurate description, but. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on, but we're not, um, maybe we're not being pulled to be outside so much. We're not Mm -hmm. being pulled 
Um, so we're finding different distractions for ourselves, of course, TV, mm -hmm. computer, you know, those kinds of things. But we're not, not all of us have that. A lot of people are still working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people who would be listening to this podcast are probably still working. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're talking about those people who are in, you know, quarantine or, you know, isolating for their own safety kind of thing. Um, there's there is a, a less there is less going on from the external but from internal i think there's probably more going on mm -hmm. you know there's a lot there's more going on and i'm sorry i don't remember your original question i think i, I don't think i even got to a question i think i started uh formulating the context and then and then i got distracted um <laughs> I, I think i was trying to get to the um the question I think I had in my mind was, you know, with, with there being somewhat less going on, but also more mm -hmm. going on, how has this mm -hmm. time been for you? Has it been, I mean, have, have you had more time to focus on yourself or has it just been so much else, you know, so much anxiety otherwise that it's been more difficult? Um, I see what you're asking me. Um, yeah, it's a good question. And something that I've been thinking about a lot today, actually, because I am the type of person that wants to help everyone else. And then I, tr I tend to neglect myself. Um, and I realize that I've kind of put myself on hold so that I could take care of my family members and pretending like I'm doing it for myself too. But I think I realized today that I'm not doing it in a very balanced way. Mm. Of course, of course, we need to look out for one another. Of course, we need to be there and support one another. And we need to take care of ourselves during that time as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's about finding that balance. And I don't think I've been doing that well. Mm. I think now that I'm aware of it, though, I need to be more mindful. And I need to allow myself to be caring for me inside um i'm taking care of my physical needs that's probably the easiest thing to do mm -hmm. exercise eating well sleeping well not changing my sleeping pattern you know i don't want to be up all night kind of thing which is something that i think is tempting for people in my house so i've been taking care of my physical needs the emotional aspects and the spiritual aspects have been neglected mm. so i was really grateful for that awareness today so i will continue to work on that and um bring that in any anything else you want to update the congregation on that's been a big change or interesting or not interesting big changes of course are not being able to you know be at the cathedral that's a big one that's hard for me because that was part of my identity i think and mm -hmm. so it's helping me to to really think about my work there and how it's connected with my spirituality mm. and have I been splitting that? Mm. What do you have mean I been leaving? Well, I feel like because I get to work at the cathedral and I have so much to do that I'm focused on doing everything that has to be done, doing it right, doing the right timing, making sure that everybody else is taken care of. And then I neglect my spiritual practice. So that's a big change for me. 
how do I keep up my spiritual practice and this new identity with it where I was I was working hard at the cathedral, but I don't I think I neglected my spiritual practice. So I'm trying to come back into it and and questioning like what after this isolation has ended and we try to go back to our lives, what do I want that to look like? Mm. What do I want to learn from this experience? You know, the Chinese have um, a symbol. Their words are symbols. And the word for um, crisis is two symbols. One of them is danger, and one of them is opportunity. And we can look at any experience that we have, and we risk remaining in danger during a crisis if we don't learn something from it if we repeat the same behaviors, the same thoughts, the same patterns over and over again, we're not coming out of danger. But a crisis can also give us an opportunity to learn and grow and move ahead. So I think that's something that I'm focusing on in this time, and that's something that's different for me, is that I, I, don't, I don't always look at it as an opportunity. And I'm trying to take the opportunity now to learn, like, what do I really want in my life when this is all said and done? Mm. Oh, I love that. That's that's something I really needed to hear today, actually. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. I should, yeah. I should I should let you get get back to um, to doing the things that you're doing. Is there anything else you want to leave? Uh, any last message you want to give to the congregation? Yeah, I miss everyone. And I hope and pray that everyone is taking care of themselves and staying healthy. And if there's anything that anybody needs, even though I'm having a hard time connecting with Zoom and those opportunities that that are being presented, I still am praying for people and people can call me and reach out. Um, I'm happy to talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, Winston, for doing all this work. Yeah. Like you said, balance it. Take care of yourself, too. That's right. I'm going to try. <laughs> okay. Wonderful.